Listen to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest this week is Dash Shaw. Now, I was just trying to figure out how many times Dash has been on the show, and it's been a lot. Um, I didn't realize it been that many times. Uh, this is Dash's third interview with me, and he's I apologize for all of them. <laughs> well, so. I, I, I always enjoy talking to you. I think that's the reason why you're on so many times. Um, as well, Dash was on a couple of panels I did at the Toronto Comic Art Festival. And the interesting thing is um, we've, we've done all these talks together, but they're all very different, talking about specific works, your most recent work. Um, and I think it kind of speaks to the strength of the work that you're doing, that we can have these extended conversations about uh, your books every time you have a new release. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, I mean... Uh you know, drawing comics is uh, you're sitting alone working on this thing. And so um, I, when I started talking about it, um, it was very difficult and for me. And now, five years later, I feel like I've gotten much more comfortable with it. Um, so I really, uh, I really like... I've been going around and doing kind of events for New School and showing uh, slides and showing cartoons and talking about things, um, and I just feel uh, really comfortable with it now in a way that three to five years ago I was just um, stuttering and looking at my feet and um, kind of fumbling through it. So I, I sort of learned on that job how to talk about oneself. And you just did a talk uh, last week where you had a, a sign language interpreter for it as well. Oh, yeah. It was actually just a couple of days ago. Okay. 
Uh, has that something you've had at a, at a thing before? No, that was specific to that class, that, that, um, that particular um, school. It's the only time that had um, been there. I like the uh, the kind of abstract idea of just kind of I don't know how I'm wording this right. I'm probably not wording it right. Just how the the discussion of the comics and the presentation of the comics get filtered through in different ways, and how with the 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 translator kind of adds another interesting dynamic to that um, kind of visualizing the visualized media. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? <laughs> um. Now, your new books are Three Stories, New School, and New Jobs. Yes. Very thematic. Um, they, um, what did you say? It's very thematic. Um, uh, all of them together? Yeah. Well, they were, they were all done kind of around the same time, and... Um, it wasn't really, uh, it wasn't a plan. They just sort of uh, ended up coming out around the same time because it made sense to put out the pamphlet with the, the book. And then um, the mini-comic came last, but because it was a mini-comic, I could, um, or actually Uncivilized Press could print it quickly. And so um, that one is the most recent one. But it, uh, they all came out around the same time. You never really but did. I work on comics a lot uh, every day, and so it just makes sense to have th to you know once every three years you have some comics come out, and then I can go to the conventions and uh, and talk about them um, instead of just always traveling. Mm -hmm. Or it makes sense to me. Yeah. You're doing more and more traveling with each book, it seems like, too. Is that a, a fair assumption? I think so. I mean, I'll go wherever people will have me. <laughs> wherever I'm welcome. <laughs> now, New Jobs, the mini-comic, um, that's the first time you've done a mini-comic, or is there some, like, far Oh, comparison? no, I've... I've done lots of mini comics. Oh, I that's right. I I just never uh, I never figured I never um I never sold things off of my website. I never figured out a way to do that, or I was was uncomfortable with it. Um, so I would make mini comics and just uh, give them to people, or when I had a, something else out, I would go or. I was in school and I would give them to people at school or sometimes a distribution place would carry them. Uh, but later on, I would make them and just hand them to people. Yeah, I, I forgot. You did one for Bottomless Belly Button, didn't you? Around that same time. I don't know if I did one for it. But, but around the same time. I, I would make, a, you know, maybe two or two or three a year. Um, pretty regularly, but is there is no reason that you would get them. <laughs> you know, like uh, I'm like I I would have um, it, maybe it would, something would be connected to the animation, like there would be a script reading, and so I would have a six-page 
um, little comic or drawings or an idea for a zine, and I would just print it and then give it to the people who went to that script reading or um, things like that. Or I, I, I um, yeah, I didn't. It, it isn't so much. I, I never wanted to chart. I never wanted there a pain to mail to people and to figure that side out. And yeah. then if you're going to do that, you have to charge more than it's worth, you know, to make it worth your time, really. So then you end up making mini-comics that you charge $7 for. Um, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted it to be a dollar but I didn't want to have to go to the post office and mail some somebody something for a dollar. Yeah. And I was okay with them disappearing and and not um, being collected or anything like that or So you did You uh, know, I try to I mean, I try to if I have an idea for something, I try to do it. Um if, if it's important to me, and then the form that it takes comes kind of after that. So with new jobs, um, that one in particular, the form, the the mini comic form, um, you kind of have a range of colors for the pages. Um, mm -hmm. And was that kind of part of the process, or did you kind of have it illustrated and then kind of wanted to do this thing with the balance of these colors kind of moving through the book? I was having, I wrote it all out in words first, that story, and there were, um, as I was kind of hammering at it, the more it felt like the content of the story was in the spaces between the scenes, between things happening. Mm -hmm. So you would have a conversation and then another, another scene in a different place and something took something happened between those two scenes, and so that kind of became the um, I don't know the word for it, but the the feeling that I wanted this kind of drifting, um, dreamy feeling. I wanted it to be like a New York, like you're walking through the streets of New York, um, and you're seeing things kind of floating past you. Mm -hmm. And so um, then when I, then I kept uh, really trying to listen to what the comic wanted to sound, um, I don't know, uh, silly about it, but it kind of, it, then it became clear that there wouldn't be any panel borders and that the space between these these pictures would be really activated. So you would have like a close-up of someone and there would be a building. And and I wanted to make sure that, that the space between the line of the, the lines of the eye and the lines of the building were full of content, mm -hmm. you know. And then by changing the pages to be different colors, you can tell that... Um, it has less to do with one page being green and another page being blue than the fact that at each spread you see that these two pages are different colors from each other, that it's a very strong 
um, juxtaposition, and they're two different scenes, and that something happened between those two colors, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's all kind of trying to, dis all, you know, what I'm doing is just trying to describe why that felt right. I mean, a, um, a lot of, you know, when I was younger, I think that I had so, so many ideas about kind of the kinds of comics that I wanted to make, whether it be, like, see characters kind of performing in different ways or a way of um, decompressing the time. or I had all of these ideas, and I would try to just smack mush these ideas into the story or the co that particular comic. And I think that um, the work suffered for, for it, you know? And then as I got older and kind of more comfortable doing this every day, the more it feels like I sit down and the, the comic tells me what to do. And um, and it's a lot more exciting. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's easier, but things like that, the, color, the pages being different colors, the, um, you know, ending a scene here, or drawing something that way, drawing things smaller and with, like, thicker pens as I went. It, it all just came from looking at um, something about the comic telling me that it needed that, or it wanted that, or it was appropriate to um, render a scene that way. One of the things that stuck out about that particular comic too was how it kind of builds in almost a crescendo, like it gets denser and denser and denser. New jobs? Yeah. Like there's this... Yeah, well, it starts off... I wanted... Um, this is really, uh, you know, I don't want, I really want to ease someone in mm -hmm. to this comic. I want, you know, I want to make comics that are um, full of contradictory feelings and um, that are complicated, but that are extremely easy to read. Mm -hmm. And things like, starting off the page with just the, these large, single, wordless images that are drawn small and um, blown up that would then kind of turn into these denser pages as you, as you kind of um, dived into the comic and then would open up again at the end into these large drawings again um, was part of that ride. You know, large drawings meaning that they're actually drawn smaller, just um, uh, dramatic changes in scale. Mm -hmm. You know, and new, new School was like that too, where it starts off with these large images that they're just running through the um, American Museum of Natural History, uh, and it's in black and white, and you know, that, that Making a comic that's easy to read, that you just start turning the pages and you find yourself reading it, 
um, it's very hard to do. Uh, and I li- and I like trying. I like comics that are like that. One of the things that really struck me about New School um, is just how open it felt for your work, um, especially at the beginning, because like I'm used the previous book, uh, Body Worlds, is really dense read. Um, you know, the whole scroll aspect to it. You kind of go, 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 go. And with New School, you felt like you're just kind of easing into this. Um, it's like an open book. And I, I don't know if I'm right. Well, that came... Um, well, thanks Thanks for saying that. Um, that that's kind of came out of a, a variety of things hap- kind of happening at the same time. Um... One is that I that I did want it to be very easy to read because the the it's extremely com- I mean it's a very complicated comic um, and the spaces I uh, I don't know like how to how to start explaining it um, comics are really hard to edit right. Mm. They're, they're impossible to edit. Um, and so cartoonists figure out different ways of editing them. And I've tried all of them. I, th- I mean, I've tried lots of them. And with Bottomless, it was kind of this idea that if you had an idea for a scene, you could just draw the scene, like you would just write it out, and then you could figure out where to put it in the comic. And so that meant that the drawings had to be at that kind of malleable, ex- ex- um, accessible, like, quick way to generate a scene and that they had to be in a grid so that you could shift it around and move it to, you know, move it in different places. And Body World is drawn in a grid and there there wasn't any pages, no no spreads in it since mm-hmm. it was a scroll. So I could take a take a panel out and put it, you know, and then the whole thing would kind of move back up. But that like bottomless that means that your drawings can't become very complicated because they have to be able to, um, you don't want to redraw something that you spent um, a week drawing because you realize that that scene needed to be different. And so that's why so many comics are bad because they, they, they aren't thinking into ahead of how they can edit it. Mm-hmm. But, but then when I finished Bottomless, I thought, I don't want my comics to look like this. And so with Body World, I could be more... Um, more complicated with the drawings, but everything had to stay in a, a grid to then be able to change things around. But any, but then, you know, I don't want to do everything in a grid. And so by the time it came to drawing New School, it became working in drafts, which would mean I would draw the whole, I would write it all out in words, I would draw it all out in a sketchbook, I would take that and draw it large, and then take that and draw it smaller, one-to-one. So at each stage, I could see the whole book and, you know, decide to take out a part and put something else in there, and um, I would have a chance to edit as I go. It's also, I don't want to, it's boring to explain, but basically I would draw it at different scales. Mm -hmm. And when you draw something at 18 by 24, um, you put a lot of things in there. That's really big. Because you have that that space, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can to put in a building in the background or something. And then if you scan that and print it out on 8.5 by 11, and now you redraw your drawing one-to-one, 
that's when you take things out and you see that, oh, I didn't need to draw that building back there. I didn't, you know, I don't need this panel. I can, um, you know, uh, this character's stubble doesn't have to be these little dots each time. It can just be these strong, single strokes. And so when you're drawing small with a thick pen, one-to-one, um, it starting off with very dense pages, it became kind of a, a, a this is going to sound really pompous, pump, like a, a, a cleansing or something of the material to get it down to what you feel is uh, strong and, dr- and dramatic, you know? Mm. If you, if you work one-to-one, you're aware all the time of the relative scales and spaces between everything. And by one-to-one, you mean, you mean what it looks like when it's printed? Yeah, no reduction. So yeah. most comics, the, car- the cartoonist draws them, you know, 10 by 15 or whatever. Mainstream cartoonists, alternative cartoonists, everyone draws them larger, most, most of everyone. And then they're reduced down. So they're scrunching, they're scrunching up all of their drawings, and the artist most of the time only sees what it actually looks like when it's printed mm-hmm. because they aren't going and printing out a copy for themselves to see what, it, what the reader will see. If you draw it one-to-one, you can see, oh, you know, this head is this big next to this, this body being that big, and you turn the page and these hands are that big, and it just allows you... Um, it gives you an advantage, I think, to be able to take advantage of all of, all of these um, really, and I think in new school, very you know dramatic changes in scale between um, the size of people and 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 everything, like from page to page, panel to panel. There's very uh, there's very large shifts. I think Drew Friedman is one of the few I can think of that would that kind of purposefully. I don't know if it's purposeful. I just remember seeing his work, um, original art, and it was at the size that it was printed. But I mean, he put. Oh yeah, Ma- I mean, lots of um, yeah. not lots, but Mouse is drawn one to one. City right. of Glass. Um, That's you know, and there's a very there's a very direct. It's very direct mm-hmm. looking. Um, Now, I did a, I read New School, and it, it's, I had a lot of thinking about it. Um, there's a lot of interesting ideas in the book, um, which is kind of what I enjoy about your work. And one of the things that was really sticking out to me is it, I don't know what to pin it on specifically, but it felt kind of Old Testament-y in a way. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that kind of writing. Yeah, the writing. That and... kind of exclamatory writing. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that kind of, that writing um, came for me a couple of different things. You know, com- um, com- like there's a writing that's specific to comic books where the the 
periods would get lost in printing, and so everyone spoke in exclamation points, right? Yeah. All of these older kind of comics for teenage, for, for boys, for young boys. Yeah. And so it kind of became this to- totally um, bizarre writing style, these exclamation points, especially because so many of them were overwrought writing, too much writing, people speaking in uh, very, you know, they're like just trying to like put so much importance into these superheroes or this story. And it, and it kind of was this completely deranged um, writing style that I think that I think that I think made a lot of sense to young to young boys mm-hmm. in particular, and so that when they read them, it kind of had this hysterical truth to it of of like you're seeing all you're experiencing all of these things for the first time, and you're and you're and you're filled with energy and and huge emotions and you're in. You're you're in flux as a person, and I think it's why when someone's 15 years old and they read those comics, they make sense. And then when they turn, you know, 23 or whatever, and they go back and look at their comic collection of when they're 16, um, they're like, I can't believe I read this. Mm-hmm. You know, this <laughs> the writing is just completely bizarre. You know, and and like it. it, it it's it's kind of bad, you know, this writing style, um, and it did it did have this biblical quality. Um, a lot of those comics, I mean, it's like Kirby Fourth World and everything. I mean, there is a very. Um, I didn't uh, Justin the Justin Green comics um, are about a young boy, and they're more kind of. Ex- explicitly lean on the biblical end of that writing style. Mm. But I thought of it more as uh, just really um, theatrical. And uh, um, I wanted to kind of reach into that to reinforce this boy's perspective, you know, and so that the book would be of so many of the dis- the decisions in the book would be based on um, this boy's character, this 16-year-old boy being in a new place, mm-hmm. seeing new things, experiencing new things, um, and it of course it you know allowed for a lot of like funny writing, or you know um, like. Like his father's no, I mean just that his like his father is talking about explaining the plot to Jurassic Park to him, and he's like using this kind of language where it's so serious, so important, so huge, you know, and he's like physically trembling, and that um, that would communicate what it would what it's like to be um, he's like ten then, like ten years old and hear about Jurassic Park, and so it would be emotionally true, but of course, um, you know, we, uh, it's also really funny, kind of goofy, and we know that, uh, um, that 
that, that it is, um, you know, from that boy's perspective and that Jurassic Park isn't that big of a deal, you know. And, and, and that in, in the book when Danny is feeling these, hu- that these huge feelings, it isn't really about uh, um, empathizing with him or being like right there with him. It's more about kind of just recognizing that uh, that this boy's feelings are real and um, and that they're uh, over the top. Mm-hmm. It's like that confused feeling over teenager. at the top at the same time. Hmm? Like a confused teenager, where it's like you just can't handle everything that's happening at once. Right. One of the things, there's that, and there's also I was feeling a little bit of kind of allegory in there too, especially after I looked up the names of the two main, of the brothers, Luke and Daniel. Um, and maybe I'm doing way too much research, and you can say, Robin, slow down. Um, but Daniel, I was looking up uh, being, I think he was one of the prophets who was put into Babylon. I don't know if, you know, mm-hmm. your Old Testament stuff. Um and, and that caught me thinking of like the how am I phrasing this like the diasporic this young man brought to this other land that's different from mm-hmm. his home and just being this outsider in this other place and and I felt like there was some kind of analogy there in my head. Well, um, I uh, I don't want to um re- like I uh, I'm. I'm glad, you know, I'm happy that you would do that. Um, but I didn't, you know, I just picked Danny um, at random, basically. <laughs> Danny is my, um, my dad's name is Dan. Okay. And so, uh, it's a D name. I don't know, he isn't, uh, he isn't me, but um, Danny seemed to make sense. Luke, I chose at random. Basically, I originally his name was Will, but it got confusing to read like Will Will be there to see that written. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not one of those. Uh, I'm not one of those kinds of authors, you know. I, re- I, I went when I was in high school and stuff. I would read books where I felt like the author like chose this name to, to as a code. Um, but I don't make, I'm, I don't think of them as codes. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Uh, it sounds but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, um, a lot of the things in the, the book just come from, uh, r- r- real experiences that I then tried to move closer to how they felt. Um, and so... Yeah, I can't. I can't think of. I'm not like I'm not playing it like a game, really. Yeah. And it's okay. I can I can overread things. <laughs> um, it happens, and this won't be the first time that's happened with me, where I read someone's book and threw in all these ideas that were. I mean, it's really great. Nice. I think. Uh, I think. I think. Pe- um. I'm. I do that 
to books too, you know. <laughs> I think that's part of the fun of reading it and part of the joy of not listening to the um, author talk about the book. Um, so, uh, you know, but if you if if um, if someone asked me, does does Danny mean something? I I can only say the truth, which is that I didn't think of that, but that's a wonderful coincidence. Um, but coincidences are uh, um, uh, really great too, and um, can you know can be really exciting. I mean, uh, you know, a, a, a couple of big coincidences was I wanted to do this book about how I felt when I was 16, and and I um, and I was in Japan teaching English to people my age. And I, rem- I really vividly remember these feelings and things that happened. Um, and so the language became part of how I thought I would get at those feelings. Um, but then only after working on it for a year, a year and a half, did I realize that um, so much of the book is about teaching English. And, yeah. and and speaking and language, and that's what I did there, and that, you know, these brothers, like, their diss is, like, your English sucks, and stuff like that, and they, like, pretend to not understand the way other people talk. Um, and so to, so when I saw that I was, um, had just kind of started using that kind of writing style to get at this boy, but that it also related to um, these um, these English classes uh, I mean I was ex- I was excited by that coincidence and I hadn't really thought um, thought about what that would mean you know mean mm-hmm. um, but it uh, it felt it felt like kind of reassuring or something or that um, Oh, that's good. I mean, the Napoleon kind of reappears in the book uh, as a, a fixture of of Clockworld. The this I'm going to explain to people who don't know that this amusement park that's devoted to recreating different time periods. Um, and I picked Napoleon because when I um, when I was at this school in Japan, I had to paint this mural that was a copy of David's. Um, famous painting of Napoleon, kind of like a paint-by-numbers mural there. So I just came at it, again, from just a personal reason, but then I started noticing all of these other things, um, like that at the at the um, um, museum at the beginning of the book, the, one of the marks on the tree is um, Napoleon, um, and that just came from that's how that tree is marked, the lines inside the, tr- the trunk of the tree at the museum. I just went there and um, and drew it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't notice that it was even, re- or even really register that it was there until I was kind of piecing everything together. But it is a, I mean, it, um, you know, comics is a, a collage art form, and collages have to do with that um, the idea. How, thing, uh, how things relate to each other right mm-hmm. um, and si- and simultaneity 
all of these seeing all of these things at once. Yeah, it's the kind of underlying idea that links everything together that comes through from the that final image within a collage too. That makes sense. Um, I'm curious what had you teaching in Japan at 16? Oh, they just wanted someone there who was um, the same English, I mean, same uh, kind of age to just be at this school in the middle of nowhere because the kids were uh, learning um, through um, cassettes, okay. right? They didn't have native English speakers there. It's through a program called YFU, Youth for Understanding. So I wasn't really, I would, um, I was a, I was a student there, but I was there to, to um, kind of help with their classes. And there would be those kind of scenarios um, in the book where you would um, kind of have a lot of like pretending you work at a store and this person wants to buy this thing and and kind of they would hear how I would talk and use these words. Mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, the, those, uh, those um, experiences kind of just became like how I... Um, how I gauged <laughs> whether or not to put something in the book, you know, that it would, that it was what the book was about to me, and that if something felt like it wasn't about um, my feelings or my time, then it wouldn't go into the book. Um, but if it, but if it did, it belonged. It belonged there. And I even thought, sort of, uh, this is kind of just a lame anecdote. I mean, I just... I kind of thought that it would be like a like a, a young adult book or like a book that I wished I had gotten when I was 16 years old. Um, and that, you know, this, the frustration and the anger, like it would have been really nice to, to see that then. Uh, but when I told people that I thought it could be a a YA book, um, they just thought I was crazy. <laughs> well, you know? I think... Um, I but me, I, I do think that if maybe a young person read the book, um, I... they maybe they would be into it. I don't know. I have no access to young people. <laughs> well, I, <don't> know. <laughs> I think, honestly, like, the modern idea of what YA is is kind of ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't think it gives kids enough credit. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't even really know. I love his dark materials. Yeah. I love that the Philip Pullman trilogy. I mean, I love Miyazaki movies. Yeah, but I'm just looking at like modern North American comics aimed towards YA, and it's just I think of like what I read when I was young and like YA, what's that, 14, 15, 16? Mm -hmm. I was reading. I don't know. That's, I don't, maybe I'll Google that. Um, but like I was reading Klaus at that age. Like, I think. Yeah, well, he's, I mean, Ghost World is about like they're 17 or something, right? Yeah. I was in like Velvet Glove, Cast and Iron, like. 
Yeah, he's a touchstone for people in high school, I think, especially people who grew up in the 90s. And so I don't, I, I personally don't see why your work couldn't be read by a, you know, moderately intelligent teenager. Um, you know. But, oh, 9 to 12 is, is that it? I don't know. I'll probably get a mean email from someone uh, about this. Yeah, if you're a store <laughs> owner, I would say don't give them new school. Not, not you will get you get thrown in jail or something. Yeah. Um. Now earlier you were talking about collage and uh, this and three stories, new school and three stories in particular. You get a lot more into collage as your art style, as uh, utilizing these like completely different backgrounds um, oh, either complementary or contrast like you, you've had really interesting uses of color before but I really feel like this one kind of stands out a lot more um, yeah I mean I try it with um, um, I try it felt like when I start when I started draw um, maybe when I started but in, when I was in college that uh, that there was an open area in color that I hadn't seen comics that would have color that really added meaning or content to the comic, you know? And so I I tried a million different things um, uh, for a long time. Um, You know, wait, like, some of them are in uh, the Unclosed Man book, kind of like color coding. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, different ways, and then, um, and then even in Unclosed Man, I started thinking about large blocks of color that have these kind of New York school painting sort of, um, you know, a like kind of that existential like blue paint um, feeling for like my entire high school sinking into the sea. Um, and then stories I did for Smoke Signal. But, but, uh, so it was kind of going along, and then, um, oh, the, the Spider-Man comic is very, almost drawn, kind of colored exactly like how New School became colored, but, um, when it got to New School, I felt like I could, could, that, um, I kind of felt like I like I finally like knew how to play the instrument or something, and then I could hit really deliberate notes, you know, like thing like that like green there, exactly there, that I could color with a uh, yeah a degree of deliberateness and seriousness um, that would really um, the it would kind of hit against the content of the scene. Um, so sometimes it can be, sometimes it can be color coding, and sometimes it can be like a like a film score where you're kind of smashing against the scene, you know, like, like I always yeah. think of like Bernard Herrmann, where it's like it's, like it's loud, it's you're, it's really noticeable, and it's theatrical, and it's just like, ring, 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 like, smashing into what is happening in the scene and so that psycho shower scene is in the collision between 
um, the content of the scene and this abstract, huge, in-your-face force. Um, and then other times it can be like a, like a, a metaphor where um, something is happening in the scene and we see that uh, this other element is um, happening simultaneously and that um, the, me the, the meaning of, like, the, 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 when it can be exciting is when um, they seem to simultaneously, like, rhyme and make sense mm -hmm. and also feel um, like they're two completely different things there that have nothing to do with each other. Not and the, and the more that you like, kind of can bounce back and forth between them being just, just like I think like you would use the word collage, like just two separate things and the same thing. Yeah. Um, that uh, was, I mean, uh, honestly, just like super exciting for me um, as a cartoonist. You know, it's just like I had it. It was exciting. There were, there was really interesting parts where you'd... I can't remember if it was in Three Stories or in New School, um, where you'd have a face as part of the collage, and then you'd have a the illustrated face over the photographic face, um, and just the other image that would come out of that, where you'd get like this distortion in the face. It was really interesting how you'd have three different things happening there, um, kind of mm -hmm. bringing about different emotions within the scene. Right. Um, thanks. <laughs> a face, I'm trying to think about what you're saying. There's a part in New School where um, they, you know, the people at Clockwork are dressed as different things from different times, and so there's this hippie that kind of attacks these brothers, and he gets struck across the face, and there's a face over his face kind of looking the other way, and the face is red. And so it kind of rhymes, but it also is like a, a hit because he yeah. got cut. Um, and then it's looking in the direction that they're running. Um, and so it uh, it just it like felt right, or it felt it, it like it. Um, um, I don't know. It w it it was that n that note felt right to play right then, yeah. you know, and it and um, yeah, yeah, and it, it, that that one's particularly interesting because it's a lot of black and white, and then boom, you have this color, this this contrasting red, and you have this face that's looking right at you. Um, and it's kind of like voyeuristic. You're watching this violent scene. I'm watching you. Kind of lots. Right. I mean, eyes are always. I mean, people just draw eyes forever. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of your um, your Seeger Rose cartoon that you did, or the video you did for oh, that. Oh yeah. Where you have the the young boy carving eyes all over his body. Yeah, that's um. That, uh, you know, John Cameron Mitchell, we share writing credit on that, and 
um, he uh, he wrote this script and he um, and they were more like scenes and the character would say uh, their name and then he was carving names onto his body and then when I got it I thought I was looking for a way to just get rid of all of the dialogue really and so I thought well they can just look at each other and then you can carve eyes and we'll kind of understand by the shapes of the eyes and the eyebrows that um, that, uh, that there will be all the different people mm-hmm. instead of names. Um, yeah, uh, and that kind of goes also with the music because Zigaros isn't about words. Um, I mean, half the words of these things are made up or kind of just phonetic sounding and so it kind of feels right. like changing that to eyes definitely goes kind of with the idea of the music too or I mean uh, you know um, it was amazing to work on that uh, script with John because um, when uh, I, I took some passes on things that I thought would be um, the story and Sigaros is such huge emotional music that I always felt like I had to undercut it with something. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what I really appreciated about John's script is that he just fucking went for it, you know? <laughs> and uh, it was exciting that um, he thought that my kind of animation, um, you know, me um, kind of uh, you know, directing it uh, would sustain that kind of um, huge emotions. Because typically, um, you know, limited animation uh, is, especially in the United States, it's more like for humor, like it's for ironic kind of jokes, um, and I really, I really kind of thought it was awesome to do, um, a limited animation cartoon that was, um, really heavy, and to have, like, heavy music, and, um, I don't know, I was really happy to do that. I really enjoyed it. I'm a big fan hey. of Seager Rose, so... It was really nice to see see that coming together. Um, and you and John are working on the ruined cast still. Yeah, I don't think that'll be the title. I kind of stopped talking about it because things changed, and so um, I just thought that I don't want to seem like an idiot. I shouldn't. Uh, like I, I used to kind of blog some things from it. So I stopped doing that, and uh, I, f- I figure that when it's done, um, then, I'll, then I'll talk about it after. <laughs> like, I, mean, I did the, same, I did the new, same thing with New School, really, is that I just decided to work on it, and I didn't serialize it or po- like post sketches as I was working on it. But now that it's done, I'll like pick some sketches to put on my Tumblr or something, or talk about, write about, like, kind of things that went into it, because it's weird, it's, um, 
I don't know. I don't know if it's so good to uh, to um, expose yourself as you're working on something, and mm. it's and the, and it's still raw and it's being formed, um, especially with animation and my comics now, where so much of it is um, shifting things around and things change a lot, you know, uh, up until the end. Yeah. For even my comics. Um, I remember yeah. the last time I interviewed you, you were working on New School, but it was just the project I'm working on that I don't know what's going to happen with it yet, but I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, and, and here we are. So, you know, we come full circle. Yeah, I mean, uh, 2010 or something. Yeah, I was working on New School in 2010. Are you doing any more talks or anything coming up in the next couple of weeks? I'm going to go to Rich Richmond, Virginia, Velocity Comics. I'm doing something August 8th. Um, this is a comic shop. I used to live right around the corner from it. Um, I really love the people that work there and own it, or Patrick Godfrey, who are Runs it. Um, I'm doing that. Nice. Um, and then you were just in San Francisco doing that talk and doing going to the uh, the isotope where they made you special drinks based on your books. Yes. That sounded awesome. I like fancy drinks. Um, thank you, Dash, for joining me today uh, talk about your latest work. We didn't really talk yeah. about three stories much. Um but it's out there too. Three stories, new school, and new jobs. I highly recommend all three. Um, they're fun, really interesting comics. And I was thinking before this about how um, it's only about reading comics, being able to just read comics and not have to read them as an interviewer. And uh, I was able to do that a bit with these books, which I really appreciate. Um, just cool. kind of enjoy them on a. On a, on a level with themselves. So thank you so much, Dash. Thanks for having me.